0: Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your grace. Would you, Lord, just bless us, keep us safe, keep us healthy, bless our families, bless those who couldn't be, can't be with us today. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you uh, this morning, God, and to uh, sing to you and to gather together, uh, Lord, and to assemble together and worship you. Thank you, God, uh, for who you are. Help us never to forget, God. Help us never to, to grow discontent with the way things are, but to rest in you and rest in the peace that is only found in you. Lord, satisfaction uh, is not found in anything but you. And help us to remember that, God. Help us not to look to this created world uh, for satisfaction or for peace or for joy, but Lord, to, to realize that it's only through you, our Creator. That there is joy and peace and satisfaction. Bless the message today as we talk about the daily war of the Christian life. And uh, Lord, bless these people. Bless me as they preach. Give me your power. Fill me with your spirit this morning in your precious name. Amen. Well, we're continuing uh, the series. I hope you have um, been helped by it over the last few weeks, the daily war of the Christian life, um, the life of the Christ follower. I know we've talked about gratefulness versus discontentment, and uh, we talked about fear and several other things, and uh, all the weeks have just kind of mashed together for me. And uh, But I hope you've been helped, and we're going to continue today. Let me share a few scenarios with you this morning, okay? And, and maybe you can relate to some of these uh, situations, okay? You're at the store, and you're in line, and let's just say you decide to not do self-checkout and you're actually in line. And um, the guy in front of you uh, or the girl in front of you is is you realize after a few minutes that she is short $5. Not physically short, but like literally financially she just you know you ever you ever been in that situation where you're there and the person in front of you is short like five bucks or or 38 cents and they're digging around and they you can tell that they're stressed out. I I've, I've I've experienced that. I've probably been the person that's short $2. Okay? How about this, you're at the red light at the uh, intersection, and there's a homeless person, um, maybe a, a, a young man or an older man or a, a woman standing there, like right next to your car. Okay, and they're just there, and you're at the red light, and you're wishing it was turned green. Maybe you're at a family get together, okay, and that one family member that is constantly uh, causing problems for themselves. You know, we say making their own bed and just, you know, always in trouble, always, you know, can't hold a job down. And they're sitting next to you complaining about their new job already and their new boss. Uh, maybe your coworker that you can barely tolerate needs a ride home. You can hear them talk about needing a ride home. And uh, you know that their house is on your way home. Uh, maybe your kid won't stop talking to you um, when you're tired from a long day's work. I've never experienced that. Um Maybe you find out about someone in your life that has a financial need, whether it be a coworker, worker a friend, family member that has a financial need, and you just kind of find out about it. Okay, I have been in all these situations or, or, or one similar to that. And unfortunately, in those circumstances, I haven't always acted in a way that Christ would act personally. The daily war that we are focusing on today is the daily war of compassion Versus apathy. Compassion versus apathy. We're in Luke chapter 10 today, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, I have the verse on the screen if, if you need to see them, and I'm a little bit's cut up, but that's fine. Um, Luke 10, and look at verse 25. We know the story. Jesus is telling the story of the Good Samaritan. In Luke 10, and verse 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Lawyers think they're so smart, don't they? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And I love how Jesus answers his question with a question. And this lawyer, probably thinking he knows everything, he's obviously probably very smart and intelligent and, probably, and obviously knows the, the law and things like that and, and the Old Testament law. And he says in verse 27, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he probably said it very confidently, maybe even a little cocky, just like, I know the answer to this. And Jesus answers and says, said unto him, thou hast answered right, this do and thou shalt live. Verse 29, the lawyer obviously isn't satisfied with Jesus' answer. And he says, but he willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, and, and who is my neighbor? Probably thinking, how, how, you know, why would you think that I wouldn't do that? That I'm not already doing that? Who, who is my neighbor then? And asks another question. And Jesus begins to tell the story of this uh, good Samaritan. And he starts by talking about another man. And Jesus answering said, verse 30, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So this poor guy on his journey, on this well-known Jericho road that was well-known to be a dangerous road, he's on it, heading somewhere, gets mugged, gets robbed, gets beat up, is left for dead on the side of the road. And by chance, verse 31, there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by On the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and and didn't just see him, but it says came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Now, we could say, make the argument that, well, maybe according to their religious belief, they thought he was dead and they couldn't be near a dead body. I, I seriously doubt that. The Bible doesn't make it very clear. I, it, it seems to me from the passage and what the Lord is trying to say in his parable, in his lesson, is that these guys just didn't care. They didn't care. They saw the need and they ignored it. Now, in my life, in those situations... Okay, that I mentioned earlier about being at the store, being with family. Okay, you're at the store. The person in front of you is short five dollars, and it's very easy and natural for us to just kind of look at the candy bars, (laughs) you know, or look at the magazines and just kind of like wait for this whole shenanigan to finish. Whether they have to, uh, uh, you know, whether they get a a break from the store or whether they have to leave all their stuff there or put some stuff back, and there's that and it's very easy and natural for us. To just kind of let the thing happen and then get, get going. Or to ignore it. You're at the red light and the homeless person is standing there. It's natural for us um, to just stare ahead and just wait for the light to turn green and get out of there as fast as we can. To not even want to make eye contact. you have the family get together and that family member is there. And by the way, let us not act like we have never been in that situation. okay? And you're there and that family member is there and you just want to say, Dude, you're the problem here, man. It's not the job fault. It's you. You're a lazy bum. Okay? You're a scrub. It's not, and you just want to kind of like go crazy, don't you? Is it just me? Probably just me. Okay? A coworker that needs a ride. And you hear him talking about it. Man, can you bring me home? And you just, you know that their house, their address, their street is on, you're going to drive right by it. But in that moment, you suddenly have to use the restroom. (laughs) Okay? Your kid won't stop talking to you when you're tired from long. It's very easy to just kind of uh, space out. I was I was at mom's house um, a few days ago. We were eating, we brought ice cream to them and it was just been a long day, and the kids were just extra needy that day. They just were, and uh, we had been busy getting things done. They probably just needed some attention. And I'm sitting on the dog bed there, and Charlie and Donald are just like right here and here, like dad 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 dad. And I I remember like for a moment just spacing out, like looking into nothingness, and just like you know, exiting from the situation in this mental state of like, because I was like, it was just so much. It's easy to just ignore or even beyond that to to say, hey, listen, you need to give me some space right now. You need to, you need to like, listen, I'm just, you need to stop going and do something else, okay? You find about someone in your life that has a financial need and it's easy to just let it go in one ear and out the other. So, well, I got bills, I got got rent to pay, I got this to pay, I got this, And, and just to kind of let it go and to, and to not, Show compassion. Or maybe have some good intentions. Oh, I hope they get help. I hope they find a ride home. <laughs> or I, I hope, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Oh, that poor person in front of me in line. Oh, that stinks, you know. <laughs> and then just grab a Twix bar and put it in, in your in your stuff now. Why don't we care? Why don't we act in compassion? Why don't we love our neighbor? Like the Lord commanded us. Really, the the... The root of it all, we could go a whole different, a bunch of different directions, but the root of all that is selfishness. Bottom line, it's, it's selfishness. When we don't show compassion to the people that we come into contact with, okay, think about that statement. When we don't show compassion to the people, not just family, not just friends, I'm talking about people the soul, when we do not show compassion to the people we come into contact with, we are choosing to not let Christ live through us. I do not like that statement. And I wrote it. (laughs) I don't like it. But it's true. When we make the decision to ignore, to 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 get cynical, whatever it may be, to, to not show compassion. We are choosing to let ourselves, our little kingdoms rule. We are not letting Christ live through us. I am that Levite. I am that priest that chooses to cross the street. My journey's more important. My destination is more important than you lying half dead in the gutter. My, my, I'm, that's what it becomes, choosing myself. I got things to do. I got bills to pay, I got issues with you, so I don't really want to help you because I don't really like you. I don't have time. And selfishness can show itself, as many things It can show itself as busyness. You're so busy, busy, busy with life, I just can't, I can't do that, I, I got this and this to do, I just can't do it. It can show itself as greed, like, well, I just, I can't help you because I have to help myself. It can show itself as impatience, oftentimes. You lash out at someone. Uh, uh, you get frustrated with someone, and, and instead of being compassionate, being loving, showing the love of Christ to whether it be a friend or your your kids or your spouse or your coworker, whoever it may be, you just get impatient. Selfishness comes when we think that we are more important than we actually are. Selfishness comes when we think that we are more important than we actually are. This is not a self-deprecating message by the way. This is a message about about selfishness. About the choice between showing compassion or being apathetic and not caring and choosing ourselves. That is why we ignore the customer in front of us because we're thinking about us. Or maybe we just miss it. Maybe we're so consumed with what's going on in our lives and we got these blinders on only focused on what's important to us that we miss the needs of others. It's not that we purposely ignore it and see it and ignore it, but we are just so stinking busy with our lives, with our wants, with our desires that we don't even see the need. That's a sin as well, by the way to let ourselves get so consumed with this created fallen world and what's on it than than serving the king of kings by serving other people. We are thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Because if we were really thinking about life and had that biblical worldview and thinking about, about life with the mind of Christ, we would have a desire to help. We would have a desire to listen to the complaints of that frustrating family member and listen with the care and compassion of Christ. Maybe knowing their story, maybe knowing uh, how maybe the decisions that they made, but looking at it not in a way like, what a bum, what an idiot, what a loser, but saying, you know, they've obviously made some poor choices and how can I help them? How can I show the love of Christ to them? We have the desire to encourage, to love you will more than likely daily be faced with this spiritual war. Okay, The Spirit says love, and the flesh says leave the situation. The Spirit says love, and the flesh says leave. Just get as far away from this situation. If you're away from this situation, then you don't have to worry about what to do. Compassion makes the difference. Compassion shows Jesus. And compassion isn't natural for us. It's just not. It's not in this broken uh, uh, flesh. It's just not there. It wasn't. Think about the disciples of Christ, the followers of Jesus Christ. Okay, who was it that tried to shoo the children away when they wanted to see Jesus? Who was it that tried to send the five thousand home to eat their own lunch? Okay, who was it that argued about who was the favorite as they're walking with? Jesus, the Son of God, who was God. It was the disciples. It was the disciples. That's who we are. Okay. The story that we started with, this story of this uh, man who's beaten, it continues with another character. And we see in verse 33 of Luke 10, we read on, the priest and the Levite walked by and left him for dead. In verse 33 it says, A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, repay thee. What a a story of of compassion. And we can pick these verses apart and think about even just the first few words of verse 33, a certain Samaritan. Okay, we talked about the Samaritan woman several weeks back. We talked about the woman at the well. We talked about how how they were hated by the rest of civilization. They, they They were the lowlifes. They were the outcasts. No one even wanted to go through Samaria. And here is this, this guy that's laying in the gutter, most likely a Jewish man, lying half dead in the gutter. And this Samaritan, really the enemy, he is the one that decides to stop. As he says, as he journeyed, he came where he was. This guy was obviously on his own journey. He had his own destination. We don't know what it was, but he probably just wasn't taking a walk down the Jericho Road. He he, he was headed somewhere. He had some sort of plan. He had some sort of destination in mind, but he stops his own plans. He stops heading his own direction and stops to help. It says, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He saw this man, not with the eyes of the priest and the Levite, those self-centered, self-righteous eyes, but with the eyes of Christ. And he had compassion on him. His eyes were open to the need. It says he went to him, took action. He he bound up his wounds, pouring in the oil and wine, and helping this man in a physical way. Physically, the, begins the healing process in him. Puts him on his own beast, walks the rest of the way, brings him to an inn, pays for his room. It actually says it says he took care of him, and then he comes back and says, "Listen, however much however much he uses." You know, however many nights he stays, I will pay whatever it was. He goes above and beyond just the the basic care. Hey, listen, he could have stopped, bandaged him up, and said, Hey, man, good luck to you. Thought I'd just help you so you don't bleed out here. But he goes way beyond that. He could have even put him on the beach and brought him down the road to the city and and let him go and said, Hey, Hey, good luck to you, man. Glad I could get you off that road out of the gutter. But no, he could have brought her to the inn and paid for one night. But he says, listen, he goes above and beyond. Do we live that life? Do we live that life of going above and beyond, not for our own glorification, not so we can make ourselves feel good, but so that we can please the Savior and show the love of Jesus to others? Listen, (laughs) I don't even want to put the quarter in the little quarter sleeves at the service desk at Stop and Shop. That's who I am. I couldn't possibly fathom taking 20 minutes to, to, to grab lunch for the homeless guy to go all the way here, to order the food, to come all the way back, circle around, and get out of my car and bring him lunch. That's just, that's just out of my wavelength of the natural man. Why would I do that? Why would I spend 30 minutes getting a guy lunch? It's not my fault that the guy forgot his wallet in, at the store. Listen, good intentions didn't tell the story of the Good Samaritan. Christ's love told the story of the Good Samaritan. We can have all the good intentions in the world, and if we never, if we never act on, those, on that leading of the Spirit, listen, apathy is winning the war. And church, you have to remember that. You are in a war. You are in a spiritual war. And ignoring the war doesn't excuse you from fighting in it. Ignoring the war does not excuse you from fighting in it. This is something that we will all face. I don't care if you're naturally a nice guy or maybe you're naturally not. Okay, it doesn't, Whatever, maybe you were brought up in a way to just give to others. Listen, you're still going to battle this. You're still going to justify reasons in your mind why you can't go above and beyond and care. Ignoring the need does not make it go away. Ignoring the problem doesn't justify you not being the solution. Well, I'm just going to pretend, uh, it doesn't justify you not being, listen, God has called us to serve Him, and in serving Him, it's serving others. We show our love to God by serving others, and we serve God by loving others, it goes hand in hand. We must be people of compassion. Personally, people of care, people of love, people that that fill needs. We get so consumed with with us four no more and our little group and that's it. And we just we we have to focus. And I understand, listen, I understand that God has called us to take care of our families. I'm not saying that we don't, that we that we don't take care of our families and only I'm not saying that you understand what I'm saying, but that's usually not the issue. There's probably not a whole lot of people out there that are not helping their families and helping everybody else. It's just not It's just not the way it is. Listen, number one, yes, spiritually helping others. We need to give the gospel out. That's number one, helping them find eternal life in Jesus Christ. And and I understand that. That that is a way we can serve God and help others is by getting the gospel out. And we should. We should be people that share the gospel, that that get the word of God out to people. I understand that. That's true. But beyond that, living for others. Paul said it plainly in his letter to the church at Philippi. He said in in, in verse uh, 4 and 5, he said, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind of serving others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we know Paul continues and says uh, that, that he went to the cross, became a servant. That was who Jesus was. It was Jesus who walked the streets, uh, uh, uh. There in, in Jerusalem and, and over there in the Middle East and all those places that, that looked that walked around looking for opportunities to help. Yes, I understand it was to prove that he was the Messiah, the miracles that he performed. But you can't tell me that he didn't care about those people. Giving the blind man sight, healing the lame, feeding the 5,000, letting the kids come and, and talk with him and sit with him. Because of compassion because of love because of care listen you will be faced with situations in your life where you will either choose to show the love of Christ or live for yourself you will be faced with that daily I'm telling you daily you will be even in the littlest things. And remember, life is not built on those big moments of giving $5,000 to an orphanage in the Philippines. Life is built on the little tiny moments every day where you choose to show the love of Christ, to, to, to have the heart of Christ, or to live for yourself. It is important to remember that. You have to remember that you'll be faced with that because if you have that thought, On the forefront of your mind, that thought of, hey, I'm going to be faced situations where I'm going to choose to love people and share the love of Christ and let Christ live in me or not. If you have that thought that you're in a war, that people are in need, that God can use you to fill those needs, then you won't miss it as easily. You won't miss it. So love others. Listen, as a church, as a church, we are on our way to big things. I believe that with all my heart. I'm not just talking about a building, by the way. God is going to use Coastline in a huge way to help people, to change life, to bring eternal life to people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's going to do that. And if we don't show the love of Christ to others in our personal lives, what makes us think that we'll do it as a church? You think that just, if we don't practice it in our personal lives with those people that, listen, I'm not going to come into the same people that you're going to come into contact with. It's just not going to happen. If we're not showing the love of Christ in our personal lives, then why would us as a group suddenly, it would just suddenly work? It starts with you personally. It starts with me personally. You need to help others with with compassion Solutions. Think about the, those situations we talked at the beginning and I, I gave you all the negative side, the apathetic way. But listen, you're at the store and that person in front of you is short $5. Uh, you, can, you can pay that. You can do that. Okay, let's take it a step further. And this is probably not going to happen very often, but maybe it will. What would you do if you're standing in line and the guy in front of you has got $100 worth of groceries and he suddenly realizes that he forgot his wallet? You know what the natural man says? Man, that really stinks for him. I hope that, uh, you know, they let him keep his groceries he can go home and get his wallet. But there may, and I'm not saying every time, but there may come a time when the Spirit says, you should pay for his groceries. How out of this world does that seem? Why does that, why does that seem so out of this world in our minds? Like, I can't believe someone would even consider doing that. I can't believe someone would even consider helping somebody else in a big way like that. You had a red light, the homeless person is next to you. You can, you can, you got so many things you could do in that situation. You know, there have been times when I've been in the car and I have no money, I have no cash and I have no uh, food to give them and maybe, and listen, and maybe I don't feel the need, I don't feel the Lord leading me to go and get them a big meal and bring it back, but I roll down the window and I acknowledge their presence. I think we forget how much that means to somebody. Who all day long is completely ignored, like they don't even exist? Because that you know that happened because I've done it and you've done that. But to roll the window down, we talked to Tony. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody here. Obviously, those are not from Western Mass, but even you guys. There was a guy that was right on the corner from our house on Taylor Street. We got on a one way. We have to. Our street was on a one way, and then when we got to the end of the one way, it was another one way, so we could only literally go this way and that way, and then we could. But at the end of the second one way at this intersection where you get on the highway, take a left, there was always this one homeless guy, Tony. And our kids still talk about Tony because we took Tony under our wing as much as we could. And we met Tony, we talked to Tony, we prayed with Tony. We bring Tony coffee, and the boys would love to get like 25. He was an old older man with a hunchback and 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 he just he he couldn't well, I don't even I don't know his whole story, and the truth of the matter is I don't even care. I don't care if that guy was bamboozling us. Because you know what my kids saw? There's someone that is in need. And I want to help, and we want to help And they would make me feel bad sometimes if I didn't have anything. Hey, where's, you know, we have anything for Tony? I'm like, oh, not today, kid, I don't have anything on me. But we, you know what Tony knew? And I believe this, Tony knew that we loved him. Tony knew that we were Christians. And I would say, hey, love you, man. And he'd say, I love you guys. He'd be like, we'd pull in the parking lot right next, because you right next to the parking lot. And he'd be like, hey, how the kids doing? And they would all listen. It's not natural, is it? It's just not. It's foreign to us almost. But that's the love of Christ. You have the family get together and that family member sit next to you. And I know this one we don't like talking about because it's it's a little personal, isn't it? It's a little close to home. I have people in my life, I have family members that that would be my situation, and I just like, oof. But in those situations, when they're complaining, when they're just, they're just truthfully just being frustrating and a little annoying, and, and, and your flesh wants to just, man, have all these negative thoughts about this person. Or grab another family member and be like, can you believe this guy over here? The love of Christ does whatever it takes to help. You may not be able to get this person a job. You may not be able to fix their situation, but you know what you can do? You can be patient. And you can show the love of Christ. And you can listen to them vent. And even if in your mind you know that, that it's the reason that they're venting is because of their own poor decisions, you can listen in love. What would Christ, hey, what does Christ do? What does the Lord do when we pray to Him and, and, and vent? Does He sit there and just, can you believe this guy talk to the angels? Can you, believe, can you believe this guy down here? What a bum. What a, what a lazy bum. I can't believe he's complaining. All that I've given him. No, no, no. God listens in love, doesn't He? In care. Your coworker needs a ride home. Okay, and you and you don't really like them, or they're really frustrating, or they, you know, who knows what the situation is. Showing the love of Christ may be saying, "Hey, I can bring you home. I can bring you home." On and on. The devil has so many Christians fooled and our flesh fools us as well we live life thinking that if we give out if we reach out if we go above and beyond that we're going to get burned or they won't be grateful or i'll be broke and i won't be able to pay my bills and all these things and we just believe these and they're lies oftentimes if you show true christ-like compassion no strings attached no thanks needed all for him You'll be blessed. And I don't mean financially blessed. And maybe God will choose you to do that. But I'm talking about your heart. Listen, you will find satisfaction in serving others for his sake. If you serve others uh, for your sake, to make yourself feel good, or or you do it so that they make a change, like, I'm going to give this to them so that they make this change, that they're better. And then when they don't make that change, or when they're not very thankful, what happens? You get depressed. You get discouraged. You get annoyed. You get burned out. Because you weren't ever doing it for the right reasons. But if you can do all that, if you can show compassion, show care, serve others for His sake alone, when they aren't grateful, when they don't do what you think they should do, you know I did what I was supposed to do for the Lord. And maybe I'm a little, listen, maybe my heart breaks for them, but it's not this anger, frustration, sorrow in the pits of despair because, oh my goodness, I just wasted my money because they didn't use it for what I thought. Listen, that's all gone because you did it for him. God convicted my heart. We had a young man living with us in Jackson. You guys know Jesse Thayer. Jesse Thayer, man, just a troubled kid from a troubled family. Just a messy situation. And he got he had to leave his home because of just all these issues. And the courts ordered him out. And he had nowhere to live. So we took him in when we were youth pastors there and lived with us for four months. And we were helping him. We got him new clothes. This kid had no sense of height, not the normal teenage no hygiene I'm talking about he was never trained his parents never made him do any of that stuff it was honestly sad and we helped him and tried to help him grow and try to help him learn and, and 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 he was obviously at church and we loved on this kid and all these things and and we were away on a, a five-year anniversary trip was it five-year anniversary trip I think yeah and um we were up at a camp meeting that's what it was and we were it was our anniversary and we we're out to dinner and uh, I got a phone call, and I ignored it because I was out to dinner. I said, what if that was Jesse's school, you know, and he got in trouble at school? Wouldn't that be crazy? Oh, yeah. And I get a voicemail, and listen, and it's the principal of the, um, what do they call those things where you can do, like, jobs at school? What do they call those things again? I can't remember what it's called, but, like, they learn a trade or whatever, so he's out. Yeah, like, a vocal. he's out, and it was the principal of that part of the school saying, yeah, listen, Jesse, I tried to leave the premises because he got frustrated with something, and and then uh, the police officer on site tried to stop him and he fought the police officer. And now he's back in the, back of the squad car. And, and I call back immediately and I can hear Jesse in the background just cussing out this principal. And, and honestly, my heart, I got, I got really upset. I got mad at him. I felt burned. I felt like, what a waste. And we sat at the table together and cried and said, man, what is, what is the use of all this? And thank God in that moment, over the next few days, because he didn't live with us anymore, after that he, had, he went to jail. Over the next few days, God began to teach me something in that, through that experience of like, listen, are you going to serve others for, for their sake alone or for your sake alone or for my sake? And I realized, you know, we did. if I can, if I can love others for his sake alone and, and give out to the homeless guy or the guy in front of me in line, not, not for any glory of myself, not for any prideful purposes, <laughs> but for him alone. And for Him to get the glory, then no matter what happens after, I'm not going to get depressed or discouraged because it was for Him alone. And I know that He is pleased with me. It's not natural to show compassion like that. But the more you train that spiritual muscle, the more natural it will become. We are on this earth to bring glory to God. And we bring glory to God in a way by sharing the love of Jesus with other people. We are the body of Christ. We are called to be the touch of His hand, the sound of His voice. We are His feet that go. Listen, we are the body of Christ. And remember, you have to remember it's not about your strength and abilities in all this. Or your bank account. It's not about all those things. We live a life of compassion, Only through the grace of Jesus Christ. His grace gives us the ability to truly love others and make a difference in their lives. It's only by the grace of Jesus through us. To not care is to not love. And to not love is to not rest in the grace of Jesus. Think about that. To not care is to not love. And to not love is to not rest in the grace of Jesus. Some of you today are trying to fill Empty parts of your heart with frivolous things, with self gratifying things, whether it be a paycheck, money, this, that, relationships. If you make the choice by the grace of God to serve others and live for others and love others, God will begin to fill that emptiness. I believe this with the peace and joy that is found in letting Christ live. Through you, satisfaction is not found in this created earth, in this created world, and these, these things. It is found in letting Christ live in you. Let people see Jesus in you. In the war of compassion and apathy, don't continue to let apathy, a, a form of pride, win another battle. You have to fight against that every thought that is cynical, every thought that is self-gratifying, every desire that is self-serving alone, every action that, that only helps you. Listen, let the love of Christ rule your spirit against those. And if you intentionally ask yourself the question, is this choice, is this desire, is this thought showing the love of Jesus, you will know the answer to that question. You'll know the answer to that question. If you ask yourself that question in your life daily, moment by moment, in your decisions, Listen, you'll be able to say, okay, this is not showing the love of Christ. This is me being prideful. Don't minimize your sin. Don't minimize the sin of apathy. Don't ignore the problem. Don't think that you are above this and don't need this. I've been there. Don't be blind to your need for the grace of God in this area. Or blind to your blindness. We're so blind to our own blindness sometimes. We don't even realize that we have a problem. Let the words of Jesus at the end of that parable, go with you today. What do you say to the end? And I'm done. He said this to the man. He told the whole story, took care of him. Verse uh, 36, Jesus said after he told the story, Which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? 37, and he said, He that showed mercy on him. That's what the lawyer said. And what did Jesus say? Then said Jesus unto him, And this was for this man, this lawyer, and it's for you today. Go and do thou likewise. It's, it's, it's pretty clear-cut, isn't it? Jesus said, hey, everything I just told you in the story of this man that took care of someone else, you go and do it too. Go and do that likewise. In the war of compassion versus apathy, let the grace of God in your life allow compassion to win that battle. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and pray.